Welcome back to 10 Tens Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Briot. And this week, Adam could not be with us because he worked. He started going to work on Tuesday at like 10 o'clock, I assume. And it is now Thursday at uh, 7 o'clock, and he just got off of work. So he's going home and taking a nap. Um, but I have Mandy McGee. And if you're not familiar with who that is, Mandy McGee is an HPE instructor for the BMW Car Club of America and NASA, as well as a competition driver for NASA, the WRL, Champ Car. Midwestern Council, PBOC, and Lucky Dog. Uh, Mandy is also a senior executive at Belicio Foods and an ambassador for Shift Up Now, which is a collective of female racers that uses motorsports to inspire women both on and off the track. Uh, this was an interview that was requested by our friend Booney. Uh, I believe you guys met at a WRL race. and uh, Indeed we did, yeah, at Road America. I believe it was their first race. Yes, their first race was Road America. Yeah. So were you there giving him all the tips on what he was doing wrong? Absolutely not. So actually, I was there um, signed up as a driver in a Triata, and we had a paddock, uh, had a spot on the pit right next to them. And we were having <clears throat> some technical difficulties with our transponder right off the bat. Uh, the team owner, um, I don't think, linked it up to the website. Um, and we did not have the equipment to get it up and running. And thankfully, they stepped in and helped us right before the race get our transponder up and running so that we could actually get out on track. And so that's how we met. Obviously they race a BMW and I'm a huge fan of BMWs. So they immediately caught my attention. Oh, perfect. Well, it's nice that, uh, that everyone's coming together and doing the, the right thing to get everybody on track. No, no Absolutely. man or woman left behind. Exactly. And that's the, I think one of the best parts of the endurance series is that, um, whether you're competing on track or not, when it comes to helping each other out, everybody jumps in and, and pitches in. So yeah. That's how we end up meeting a lot of people. That's good. I know they had, uh, there was one team that had the opposite effect on them, but I know he's, he had a lot of nice things to say about, about you guys and, <laughs> and most everybody else. <laughs> well, there's some of that too. <laughs> well, it's competition. There's people that are going to take it way too seriously. Right. But uh, before we get too far into it, if you want to give us a quick, uh, beyond the intro that I just gave, but uh, talk about who you are. Uh, sure. Um, Mandy McGee, um, currently living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, for the most part, grew up and lived in Duluth, Minnesota, up just until recently, um, which is even further north, um, pretty close to the Canadian border on beautiful Lake Superior. Um, so I am... I think a lot of my driving skills came naturally from driving in Minnesota winters on a hilly city up and down the streets. So um, that's, I think, where I got my start and passion for love for driving, I, winter driving. Yeah, I, I've never been to Duluth in the winter. We, we've gone up a couple of times in the summer. And I, I really, really like Duluth. For I'm a, I'm a warm weather person, so like... Like Superior doesn't really work for me because I can't swim in it, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, if it's hot enough outside, you jump in, but yeah, I hear you. Yep. But yeah, Duluth, Duluth is great. Um, but I, that was the only place that I've done a, the rollerblading marathon. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've actually, um, so I work for a company, uh, called Belicio Foods. Uh, we, our founder, um, actually, um, invented the pizza roll, which I'm sure you all know and love, uh, many years ago, Gino's, Gino's pizza rolls. Um, so when he sold off that company, he started a company which was then called Belicio Foods. So we manufacture frozen food products um, and we sponsor the Grandma's Marathon uh, spaghetti dinner. That's a part of Duluth's history, which does that same uh, path down the, the lakeshore that you did for the inline marathon. Yep. So 
Yep. Yeah. I, and I've been up there for the grandma's marathon too, but I didn't run it myself. And yeah, the, the spaghetti thing or the spaghetti meal before the race is, is a big deal. <laughs> it is so, a big deal. Yep. We sponsor that and we have, um, for many, many years since it started and grandma's it's also sponsored by grandma's restaurant, which was affiliated with, uh, Gino Pellucci's son, uh, who started the grandma's restaurant. So definitely we have some history with that, uh, very well-known, uh, race in Duluth. So unfortunately it did not happen this year. Uh, it was no. a virtual race for our, uh, for the runners. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, everything's been everything's been canceled. It's finally starting to see racing get back on schedule. It looks like almost everything else is kind of a no go. Yeah, it's been a tough year for a lot of people, especially in the sporting world. For sure. So, most people like when they get to our age, they're like, "Oh, you know, I need to do something different." Like a lot of people get into running. That's where people start to do like the goals of doing a marathon. You have the Grandma's Marathon in Duluth. That wasn't for you. So how did you, or did you do the marathon? Well, I did the half marathon five times. I've never done a full marathon. Um, and even after five times of doing the half marathon, I finally realized I really didn't enjoy it. You know, I, I liked getting together with my friends to do our running groups. And then we would go out for, you know, uh, drinks afterwards. And that was the part that I really liked was more just being with my friends. And I never was that great at it. Uh, so after five years in a row, I finally said, you know, I've done this and it's great, but I'm done with running. So, yeah, that, I I've actually done a lot of different sports, um, especially growing up in Duluth. So I uh, did a lot of snowboarding, did a little bit of snowboard racing when I was in college, um, did some snowboarding instructing so I could get that free pass to Spirit Mountain. Um, love cross country skiing, uh, snowshoeing, mountain biking, fat tire biking. Um, kayaking, camping, all the things. I mean, that's kind of the thing. If you live in Duluth, uh, you should be an outdoor enthusiast, uh, which I am. So um, always been willing to try new things. A little bit more of like an action sports fanatic type person than it sounds like. Yeah. And just really just an outdoor enthusiast. I have to be outside. I love to be outside in, in uh, any way that I can. So um, if you're going to live in Duluth and it's going to be cold, you better find a winter activity to stay sane. Otherwise, you're going to be cooped up and, and uh, feeling crazy. So layer up and go out and do something. For sure. And then how, how did you make the transition from running to cars or you know racing or, or I guess all of that or, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the other stuff? So, um, yeah, the whole racing thing is, uh, you know, a new found passion in my life. I didn't, I had my first DE at, uh, BIR, Brainerd International Raceway, um, the spring of 2010. So, um, a boyfriend at the time was going to a DE with his dad and, uh, invited me to come along just to watch. And, um, I grew up in the Brainerd Lakes area, so I was familiar with BIR and, uh, interested in going back. So I went just to watch a DE um, track day and really enjoyed it. And it was um, something I was really interested in and decided to sign up for my first DE that spring. Um, and I will say um, I was terrified. I did not, I didn't know how to drive a stick. So uh, actually took the track car to a, you know, the mall parking lot a few times before we even went to the track to sign up. Um, and it was a, a more of a track car than a street car. Um, it was an M, uh, excuse me, an E36 M3 track car and uh, had some track features on it, but set up, you know, in manual transmission, something I'm not used to, nothing that I'm used to. Um, and signed up for my first novice 
weekend and it was raining as well. So that's another element that just adds to it. Um, and so for my first session, I went out and um, did a few laps. My instructor was actually racing that weekend. He was a Nassau racer. And uh, three or four laps in, I was starting to give a little more speed, came out of a corner, gave it too much gas, spun out, and ended up in the grass. Um, the way that I was spun, the windows were obviously down, and all the dirt, this, this fine sand and dirt just filled the inside of the car. Actually filled the seat next to me where the my instructor is, who's also going to be racing, and he's wearing a white race suit. Um, Great. So he looks at me, how are you feeling? I'm like, uh, I'm nervous, but I feel okay. He said, you know, are you okay to continue driving? I said, yes. You know, force got black flags. So I had to come in immediately and pull over. And um, there's my boyfriend and his dad looking at me like, oh, you've only been out there, you know, a few laps, you've already been black flag. Um, so came in, talked with the instructor. Um, he said, well, this is a real pivotal point, it, you know, being a novice and your first time out and you've gone off track how do you feel? Do you want to go out and do it again? Or are you done? I'm like, I want to go do it again. So I immediately knew I wanted to try it again and do better. Um, but before I could do that, I had to drive the car to the gas station and vacuum out and clean out all the dirt and sand and dust. And so it was quite the experience for my first day on track. Um, but immediately I just, I always just wanted to do better. And I think that's what, what's been my, my motivation all along is, um, just improving, um, my own skills and just getting better in the car. So that was uh, your boyfriend's car or your car? That was not my car. That was his car. Yep. Their track car. So not only is it not, you know, I'm not used to driving it at that time. It's not even my own car. I'm not drive, used to driving a manual I've never been on track. So very out of my element. Um, and with most things, you know, I'm the only female student. And so you kind of feel like you're, you know, you're definitely stand out in the classroom. So uh, I remember just being so nervous to show up there because I wanted to do well and I uh, didn't want to embarrass myself or embarrass anybody that's with me either. So, um, but I think, I think about that moment a lot because if I wouldn't have pushed through that fear, if I would have just said, nah, maybe I don't want to do it. I'm just, you know, this is just too much for me. Or if that time I spun out, if I said, no, nah, maybe, you know, I just don't want to do this. I wouldn't be where I am today. So I use that lesson a lot. Like you got to push through fear to really see what's on the other side of it. Um, and surprising yourself and is, is a really cool feeling. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I, th yeah. I guess I don't know you that well, but just like on the little bit that I do know about you, it just, you seem like the type of person that, you know, you're, you've done, you've, from my understanding is fairly successful in business. You've been in the same company for 22 years. I, I believe you're a senior executive. Not quite. No, that's not quite a tie. But I have been there 22 years and I've uh, been moving up ever since, you know, my roles ever since day one and very, uh, you know, definitely a legacy player within the company. So, yep. so yeah, yeah. It, just, it just seemed like the type of person that, yeah, you'd get given a challenge you're like, well, I'm going to conquer this challenge. And you, you, you see the, you know, you get on track, you make a mistake, you're like, well, I'm going to I'm going to do better next time. Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to brush myself off, get back on track. I'm going to improve. So then, so you, you go back out, you do the rest of your sessions, I improve, improving throughout the day? Definitely improving throughout the day. Um, 
definitely overwhelmed. I mean, those are, those are exhausting days. People don't realize, especially being a novice, it's a lot of classroom time. So you're in there learning, you know, you're learning on track, um, learning about the car. Cause that's all new to you. So everything's just so new to you. And I, you know, at the end of those days, you're just exhausted. And uh, then the next day you show up days, you know, usually you start on a Saturday, Sunday you show up and you're already so much better on Sunday, just with all the things you learned on Saturday, um, and by the end of the weekend, I, I, I really liked it and I saw some improvement and wanted to continue doing it, um, which was great. We, um, from there, just started signing up uh, for as many DEs as we could go to uh, that the, both the checkbook and the calendar would allow. <laughs> did you continue driving his car or did you immediately start looking for your own? Nope. So that time we just had, um, he had a track car, his father had a track car. So we had multiple track cars and it was kind of a family thing and just started going to as many DEs as we could. At that point, Andy was, um, you know, in the advanced group and also working on instructing. So he was really um, involved in, and busy at the track instructing as well. And um, I just kept working my way up through the, through the ranks of the DE and, um, you know, looking back now, thankfully I had this great car to drive, you know, it was an amazing BMW and tuned up for the track and, you know, BMWs are awesome and easy to drive on track and a lot of fun. So I started off with a great car. Um, from there, I ended up buying, um, an E46 M3 as my everyday driver and drove that uh, year round in Duluth, even with rear wheel drive, you know, put the Blizzax on and cruise around in that year round. Uh, so then I would take that to the track, uh, switch out brake pads, put on different tires. Uh, I bought some seat belts for it and um, just the basics, got a lap timer and started using that as my everyday uh, or as a track car for some events. I did buy track insurance because that was, you know, this is also your everyday driver. So you, you end up destroying it. You can't get home. So um, I did that. That's how I learned Road America. You know, I drove there in my car and then turned it into a track car and drove it. Uh, and it's funny because when I learned the track, you know, we did full out through the kink, all of that. And I'm just in my everyday car driving an E46 M3, just flying through there and loving it. And didn't, and I knew it was, a um, you know, it's a dangerous area. But then we started doing some of the endurance races and they didn't, they wouldn't even let us run that, you know, they threw all the bus stop in there or the um, motorcycle stop as they call it. So, um, you know, thankfully I got to learn that track the way it's supposed to be driven in a car that was amazing to drive. Yeah. It's, it seems to be like the BMW is kind of a really good go-to um, track, track car to get started with. Um, I've, I've seen, I guess I never really got into BMWs. I was like, I've been a Nissan guy. I've just kind of, I had a 240 SX and it's just kind of what I stuck with. I just got a 350Z a couple of years ago. And, but yeah, it just seems like the BMW guys or, or women are always quick, like real quick, right out of the gate. It's like, um, yeah. cause like even just this in the, the mid of time trial series, I'm in well, the guy that's beating me consistently is in a brand new M2. Just that's just is what it is. It's a brand new M2, and it is so quick. <laughs> so quick, yeah. Well, and I, you know, driving those E36s, they were great, and the way they were set up was wonderful, and they just have that perfect balance, front and back, left and right, um, and and that's just what I, you know, they were just easy for me to drive, and then converting that to an everyday driver with my E46, which I just love that car, um, and hope to get a spec E46 someday. That's on my list, but. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm really thankful that I got to to learn to drive and to race in a in a BMW. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you would you know you drive to Road America, Road America, you put that you know, go in the the dangerous race or the dangerous curves, and then just drive it home. That's fine. Drive to drive home. Yeah. Convert your car. Well, and that's when I also started instructing. So I worked my way up through the DE ranks, which took a few years. I mean, going all the way from novice to the advanced level takes some time, Uh, mainly focused in both at Brainerd and Road America, our closest tracks. Um, And, you know, finally got to that advanced level. And at that time is when champ car or chump car at the time was really starting to ramp up. So, you know, there's a pretty big community, I think, here in the Midwest of people that were doing endurance racing that were starting to then build cars to start, you know, converting to racing. Um, So at that same time, I decided I really wanted to become an instructor as well. Um, And truth be told, I I really it was about saving money for me right out of the gate, which a lot of people say that um, because I could show up and instruct and I don't have to pay such a huge fee and then I could spend money on other things. And so it just seemed like a great thing to do. Um, so I got my instructor um, certificate through the BMW club at Road America. Um, great program, two day program, again, only female in the, in the classroom and uh, through the teachers and um, ended up passing that. And I, you know, was pretty proud of myself for getting that. And it was just, again, something I wanted to accomplish for myself. Um, but then I find out I really actually like instructing. Um, I, you know, gravitate towards the novice female, of course. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch someone um, just progress over the, the couple days. You know, I think especially instructing females, um, they're really great at learning the line and understanding all the information and they want to get it so accurate and so once they master that and you just push their confidence, then comes the speed and uh, it's really cool to watch. So I've learned to, you know, I've just how much I really enjoy instructing as well. well that's awesome. Well, yeah. that kind of segues into something we're going to talk about later, but like getting involved with uh, Shift Up Now, which is that uh, the program for inspiring women on and off the track, it just kind of seems like a natural fit for you. And yeah, for someone that wasn't even really that was doing it for to save money, but now you you look at it like, man, this I actually really enjoy this. I like watching people get better. So it's I guess we can jump to that real quick. I guess now that what is Shift Up now? So you know, it is a collective of female racers, and you know, at the heart of it, really is about um, promoting confidence and courage to females, um, both on and off the track. Um, and really it's just about equal opportunity for anyone in what they, what they love and what they want to do, um, started off, you know, as a, you know, a group when we were all coming together to do the Thunder Hill race, which we can talk about, um, and is evolving into all sorts of things. We actually now have a a really cool, what we're, uh, called the junior ambassador program. So we even have, um, racers under the age of 16 that um, are part of Shift Up Now as a junior ambassador program. Uh, we have girls all the way, in, they're in the UK, in Scotland, you know, all over here in the US as well. They're doing go-karts and little mini midget tracks and dirt tracks and all sorts of things. And we have a, you know, private Facebook group where we provide uh, feedback and, um, you know, anything we can give them to, to just help motivate them and, and keep them racing. And, uh, it's, it's really 
turned into something really cool. Do you think you've seen uh, more women in racing in recent years? Have I seen more women in racing? Well, just, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, say in, in general. In general, I do. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm also just so hyper aware of it too. So, you know, anywhere I go, every track I go to, you know, any, when I see a female racer, you know, if I'm not already following on social media, who are they, where did they come from? You know, it's just something I'm so interested in. So, uh, but I see a lot of young girls coming up in karting right now and a lot of young girls, um, even in the racing community that are really good. You know, I think we've got a lot of talent out there. Um, and I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it. Um, and just that's what Shift Up Now is about. How do we help, you know, motivate and and promote and encourage them to continue on? So, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of like a lot of women or girls that want to get into racing, they basically just need to be told this isn't just a man's sport. Like this is anyone that likes racing cars. This is for anybody. Like there's no reason that you can't be here. So, right. they, like, so on the flip side of that, that's where, you know, Shift Up Now is doing both that as much as, you know, wanting to work with our junior ambassadors and, and in helping build that up. You know, I, we also need to see females in the Indy 500 again. You know, uh, Pippa is a huge part of Shift Up Now. Uh, we even had Shift Up Now on her car at the Indy 500. I mean, how cool is that? Um, you know, and her finish was amazing. You know, 16th. And, um, you know, we need to get her back in the 500. We need more females in all of the pro series. So we're working on both ends, you know, building the young up. But we also, in order to do that, uh, you, you need role models. They need to see women in racing in these, in these big series. So, um, so we're working on both ends. For sure. And I wasn't going to ask this, but I feel like it's the perfect question. I guess, what are, sure. your, what are your thoughts are on the, uh, the W series? The, the women yeah, only. Um, mixed feelings, really. Um, and, and in our, you know, it, in my friend circle, in my racing friend circle, uh, we're very divided. You know, there's some that are loving it. And, you know, Shay, a friend of mine, you know, raced uh, with W Series, had a fabulous experience. Um, and it was wonderful for her. I see wonderful things coming out of it as far as the women there getting an amazing instruction and those experiences. And um, the seat time is, is all, you know, awesome for them. Um, but also I don't think that they need to be separated, you know, um, once you put your helmet on and you get in that car, it's nobody knows if you're a man or a woman. So, uh, again, mixed feelings either way. Um, when I see women in, on the racetrack competing and having a great time, I'm always a fan. So. For sure. Uh, when it first came out, we talked about it at length on, you know, an episode, like a hundred episodes ago. And I think yeah. we were, we were basically in the same boat. It's like, Yes, it's great to put more women in front of people and get you know more more names out there to the general public, but we also kind of felt the same way. I was like, ah, it kind of feels like we're segregating, and that feels like a step backwards. So it's just right. I I, I think I'm completely on the same page with you when it comes to like yes and no. Like there are parts that yeah. Are, so it's and it's a it's a topic with with yeah. Again, with my my women racing friends, it's a hot topic, and people are very passionate about it on both sides. So. um but at the end of the day, I'm a huge fan of racing. At the end of the day, I'm a huge fan of any women that can be out racing, especially at that level. So uh, from a fan's perspective, I think it's great. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Yep. Well, I, like even just uh, when, when Renault for Formula One was talking about who they were going to fill their spots with before Alonzo came out and, and took the spot, I, there was a, I don't know how serious it was, but there were some posts of people saying, like, no, seriously, it should be Carmen Jordan. I was like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be incredible. Imagine what we that would need- do. 
I know we need another female in F1. It got it's got to happen in in a lot of series actually. But um, and that's where it's you know in order to get the younger talent, they need to see women in in these roles. So yeah, I think like even seeing just one person that or one woman in that role just lets them know like you know your dreams are not weird. Like that's. you're not doable exactly exactly yeah as a young kid um i went to um bir brainerd international raceway with my mom and dad and i was probably five or six years old and we didn't go there often but if you lived in the area you know those big race weekends were huge back in the day and um so and my dad was into cars a little bit and so we went um and i got to see shirley medallion and her pink car racing and um I mean, I remember it just vividly to this day and I was only six years old and, um, she was the only woman there and this crazy pink car. I mean, whoever has <laughs> a pink car? Um, and I think that, you know, I'm sure that stuck with me throughout my life. And I think about it now all the time. And every time I go to Brainerd, I think about it. And, and now I'm at Brainerd all the time. And, uh, so it definitely was in, an impactful part of my life. For sure. So, you get your uh, instructor license or your certificate or I guess whatever you want to call that. And you've been, yep. and you're instructing for a while. And then do you get to the point where you're like, okay, now it's time to compete or I guess what was your thought process on how uh, to the next so step? That was kind of a dual pathing. That was actually, I think the same year that's around 2013. So we were converting then that, um, we were building a, ch- a chump car, a chump change from chump. To camp, so. <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. So we decided to build a race car. Um, so that was that same year I became an instructor and we started racing with chump car. Um, first event was at Brainerd International Raceway. And um, I believe 60 or 70 cars. It was a large event. Um, it was myself, Andy, and his mother raced with us, Barb Klatsky also. She raced with us, which was unheard of at the time. So we had a, a two female team and then we had other drivers that would rotate in and out. So we um, signed up for our first race and for whatever reason, I just, I went first. Um, I remember being so terrified, like, what am I doing? I don't, I've never even raced before. Thankfully I knew the car and I knew the track and I knew a lot of the other teams that were there because a lot of them were my instructors over the years that had built up their cars now to start racing. So very, you know, friendly atmosphere, but I was terrified and had a lot of nerves. And the idea was we're going to put her in the car first because you can't sit around with these nerves all day. We're going to get you out there. You're going to drive us crazy with, you know, how nervous you are. So I remember getting in the car and there's photos of me. I was just like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Uh, buckling in and just going for it. And, um, so we uh, we didn't we had communication going, um, but unfortunately that stopped working during my stint, which happens a lot in endurance races if you've ever done them. So my first time racing, I'm already kind of overwhelmed. I'm out there and I realized that there's no communication. Um, I'm trying to communicate with them, but I'm not hearing anything back. So, you know, there's strict rules. You can only be out on track for so long and you have to come into fuel and how are they going to know when I'm coming in and how long have I been out here? And I don't even know, start to feel a little panicked. Um, but before we had gone to the track, um, I had said in case the, the, communication stops working. I'm going to buy a dry erase board to have with us just in case of emergency. 
And everybody thought I was just whatever, because I always have my three ring binder and my clipboard and all my, you know, things. I'm kind of a nerd that way. Are you the, so, o- the overly prepped you know, person? What's that? You're the overly prepped person that has all yeah, the extra stuff. Yeah, kind of organized. I'm good as a crew chief as well, if you need me. Um, so I'm on the radio and I finally say, I don't know if you can hear me, but if you can get to the bridge with the dry erase board so that we can communicate go do a lap, look up, and there's a guy standing with a dry erase part. I'm like, oh my God, you can hear me. So it's my first stint. And so now I'm communicating. And unfortunately, the person with the microphone's in the pit, not on the wall. So we're doing this three-person communication between me and someone in the pit and a guy with a dry erase board to figure out when I need to come in. Um, But we worked our way through all of that. And I finished uh, my stint and it actually went really well. And, um, I was hooked from that moment on. So what, I guess what's going through your mind? Cause like, I assume you're going, you're, is it a standing start or a rolling start? It was a rolling start. Had, yes. you, had you ever done a rolling start? Didn't done anything. No, uh, uh-uh. nope. Nope. So then what, yeah, I guess walk me through your mindset as you're, you're coming around the first corner, going down the front straight, everyone's getting organized and all of a sudden it's, you know, green flag. And it's go time. I've never done it before. Um, I do, you know, about mid pack and we have a pretty, you know, for um, the chump car series, we have a pretty good car, a pretty, you know, it's got some speed and it's pretty well prepped. Um, and it was chaos. And in even talking to some of my friends that were in that race, people are driving in the grass. People are going everywhere. It was madness. Cause it's at this point, there's a lot of new drivers. There's a lot of new teams, new cars. Um, there was a lot of contact in the first few laps. It was, it was madness. Um, I'd never seen anything like it. it. My biggest thing was to just stay out of trouble. You know, that was my biggest concern. Don't, you know, I want this car to last. I don't want something major to happen on my watch on the first stint of our first race. You know, that was my biggest concern. Um, and then everybody kind of finally settled in and calmed down a little bit and could get to racing. Um, and then it, it became, it was a lot more fun at that point. Yeah, for sure. Then do you, sur- you survive the first lap? No incidents, no damage. I survived the All first good. lap. I survived the whole first stint other than the whole no communication thing. Um, and brought the car back in clean. So that's awesome. That's, I mean, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. That's always, especially in endurance racing, you got to bring a car back that, uh, the team can still use. <laughs> yes. How long was that, uh, first race? Like, was it like a four hour race, six hour race? Oh, so those were the um, eight hours. They were endurance races. So um, I back in the day, yeah, but they must have been eights or tens. They were long races. Wow, so, that's that's yeah. A, yeah, that's a long race to do your first for first race. Yeah, and most of what I did right out of the gate was endurance racing. So um, just you get used to just the long stints. Do you think that's the the, the a, a really good way to get? comfortable with racing is just go to endurance racing. that seems to be like what a lot of my friends have gone to it's like they'll do time trial or like hpd time trials endurance racing endurance racing yeah i mean it's it's you know especially champ car now you know they make it really easy for new drivers to come and, and you know they have their own meeting for the novice racers and they're very welcoming and want want to help you get on track so i think that's that also makes it a lot easier for somebody new to the sport and and um, the community of endurance racing is really welcoming and for the most part, unless you get online and those chat rooms, <laughs> then it's not, but in the paddock and when you're meeting people and that, you know, it's just, you know, super 
welcoming. It always has been for me and helpful. And uh, I think that might be part of it as well. And for me, I really like that whole team um, vibe, you know, all working together. And your pit crew is so important, especially when you're doing, you know, WRL races where it's, you know, as fast of a pit change as you can, you know, you can do it. And um, all working together to, to win, I think is really cool. Does Champ Car still do the five-minute pit stop? Yep, they do. Um, and I think they'll always have that. And and that's probably part of also them being so welcoming of new drivers. So, you know, being that it's safety first and you have new people getting in and out and fuel, uh, it makes sense. So I think for them, you just need that five minutes. And, and as a new driver, that's nice. You can get in slowly and breathe and make sure you're all – you know, all your safety features are buckled in and you're ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. The last thing you want to do now when I do it, I'm just sitting there going, come on. <laughs> Cause I'm so used to going as fast as you can. And five minutes has never felt so long in my entire life. When you're sitting there, you're buckled, you're ready to go. And you're just waiting. Oh, just, it's just watching the clock count down. Oh, we got three more minutes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it makes sense that that it would be perfect for, you know, the novices and the people that haven't done it before to like, not fo- like not just hurry up. We got to get back on track. You know, you can make sure. Yeah, your seatbelts are on right. You're 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 settled. You're like, oh no, I forgot. Whatever. And then you, can, you know, get it all figured out before you get back on track. It's the last thing you want to do is get on track and realize, oh by the way, I'm missing a glove something. or just, right. just something stupid. It also gives you, you know, I I remember when I first started and we had the five minutes and I was thinking five minutes would never be enough time. So we were still just rushing and <laughs> rushing and rushing and. And, and then you just sit there and you're like, okay, let's, you don't need to rush. You don't need to like accidentally maybe twist your ankle or, you know what I mean? Just go into it calmly. And I think you'll, you know, things will work out better for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then did you go on and get your like formal competition license or? I did. Yep. And, and, um, again, that was, um, so that was a couple years later and through, uh, NASA. And, uh, at the time I was running in both, um, Chump car and WRL for racing and um, comp license was not needed for any of those. And really at that time, that was just kind of our focus was, was doing those events with both my team and, and my friends and their teams. Um, and I was like, I just wanted to get my comp license. And there were a few friends that were like, why are you doing that? You don't need to spend the money. You don't need to spend the time. You you're a racer. You're already racing, you know? And it was just, for me, it was just another goal. It was just another hurdle, another step. Like, no, I want, I want that paper. I wanted, I, that just means something to me. I want to do it. Um, and thank goodness I did. Cause it came in handy when it, when I needed it. So I just signed up and through NASA, they were, they were at uh, Brainerd for a weekend and signed up and raced with them and instructed and got my comp license. And it was uh, a great experience and, and I'm so glad I did. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think that's, in your opinion, is that like the proper way to go about it? Is to like work your way into endurance racing, and then comp license, or or I guess if you have a specific goal, would it make sense to do something different? It's it really depends on your goal. Um, you know, a lot of people go through and get their comp license and then start racing if they're not going to, you know, do a, a champ car series or something like that. Or you know, some people, you know, do the skip barber schools. Or there's a lot of different other schools you could go to. Um, and for me, even now, a lot of my friends that did WRL and in or Champ Card don't have their comp license, but they're amazing racers and been, have been racing for you know six, seven years or longer. Um, but there's certain series you can't get in and race without it. So um, 
it, it does help get your foot in the door when you need to, uh, when you want to go do some other events. So no, makes perfect sense. Um, again, I guess while you're learning, like, do you have any specific resources that you're using to like, like, I mean, obviously you're not just going to HPD every weekend, but like when you're, when you're trying to learn like techniques or get better in, in general, like, I guess what's your go-to resource? I have a lot. Um, now it's different from back then, but I do a lot of video. I'm a very visual person. So I like video training and, um, mainly that, you know, back in those days, it was just a lot of lap time for me. So, you know, all we had was our lap timers and and trying to improve on that lap time and how could we get better. So I would watch other people's um, track video and try to improve on my lap times um, that way. Um, But mainly video. I don't, I do some sim training now just to learn tracks, but even that, um, I, if I can't feel it, I just don't feel like I'm really learning it. Um, so I don't do a lot of that. No, no, I, I, I get it. Like doing the, like, yeah, I kind of do the same thing with same. Like if I'm doing it, just, I mean, they're doing it because it's for fun and I'm just like driving cars. I'm not normally going to drive on a track. I'm not normally going to drive or it's, yeah. to, or it's to get an idea of the track I'm about to go to just to, yeah. you know, just like this turn leads to this turn leads to that turn just to get a rough feel for it. But yeah, I mean like, uh, how it, uh, Oklahoma is a good example is you don't have any clue about the bumps. So like you'll, you'll hit the brakes to go into turn one. In reality, there's a huge bump there on the sim. Right. Not at all. Not, so you don't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of events where we had zero practice and no track time show up in race. And, um, Coda was one Watkins Glen Sebring, so all I had was watching YouTube video and sim, you know, I didn't have a sim. So borrowing someone's or going over to someone's house and using theirs. Um, but I'm used to that now. That's kind of my, my format. Um, these series don't have practice unless you've been there before and uh, got to learn on your own. So even now I'm racing next weekend at road Atlanta. I've been there and I've been on track. I got to go for a ride with my uh, friend, Sarah Montgomery, which is awesome. She's an amazing driver. Um, it, what an experience to ride along with her on that track, but I've never raced there and um, I'm racing there in a couple of weeks and um, with a pretty amazing lineup. So I've got a lot to learn, but I watch a lot of video and uh, I also, you know, will do a lot of visualization, close my eyes and try to drive the entire track. Um, I do that with driver changes. I sit and visualize it and what it looks like, um, where all the knobs are so I can, just know how, you know, how quickly I can get in and out of the car. So, um, I do a lot of studying. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely sounds like it. And yeah, like the, the visualization stuff is, is a lot of stuff I'm kind of working on right now because like I'll, I read the Ross Bentley books and I get his, uh, speed secret stuff. So it's just yeah. one, of those, one of those things to just kind of, you know, I'm very green. So get, I'm trying to build the, the right tech, um, not techniques, but the right habits uh, right off the, right off the bat. So that's, kind of where I'm heading yeah, with mine. Yeah, I use some of Ross's um, 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 speed secrets um, for – I raced at the Indianapolis. They did their first endurance race there last summer, and um, I you know, downloaded all of his info and used that to learn that track as well. So I use whatever resources I can, I can find. Um, but that seems to be my new normal, like just showing up in a car I've never driven, on a track I've never driven, and we're just going to go for it. So – that's wild. Did, did you do any autocrossing or anything like that when you were younger? No. 
Huh. Nope, nothing. Because that, nope. that, that's that's kind of like that autocrosser mentality where it's like, I don't know the track. I'm just going to show up. And we're just going to run it. We're going to run it. Um, so to me, it's interesting. I, I love to um, find out how people learn tracks or how they learn, really. Um, and I'm very, um, I've learned in steps. So I, I was in dance for a while as a kid and then also in high school. So racing and learning a track is all almost like dance steps to me. I count things out in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and it's it's steps. So I when I learn the track, I learn it almost like in a dance step routine. And then you know, once you get the rhythm of that, then the speed comes. So um, I never thought of it like that, but that's actually kind of genius. <laughs> yeah. So it's really slight, you know, it's almost like you slow it down and you learn it. And it, you know, quite honestly, now that I'm having more in car camera, I I'll find myself, you know, talking out loud, break, break, break. Nah, 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 and I'm saying it out loud. Thankfully you probably can't see it if my, you know, with my helmet on, but I, I find myself talking through it as I go. Uh, and I don't even know that I'm doing it anymore, but. No, I'll, yeah. I'll, bet, I'll bet that leads to you being smoother though. Like just in, like with your inputs, you're like, you know, one, two, three, four shift. Yeah. You know, and there's three. only a few, you know, if it, you're either braking or you're either on the gas or turning, or, you know, there's only a few things you're doing in different variations, but uh, it's all steps to me. And like Brainerd, because I've just driven it so many times, you know, it's just, it's just an easy dance and I can just go out there but I could probably sit here and just do the steps and say them out loud of the whole track. No, yep. no. I mean, and that also shows that your, your, your visual, um, your, your cues are working that you're, you know, you understand what, what you need to be doing to, to improve on the track. Yeah. And sometimes I'll find myself as we do, you know, some races, you just, you're, you're hitting all your marks and you find that sweet spot you find the zone and you're just there and everything melts away. And that's usually what I'm looking for is that moment. Um, and everything, you know, some of those times when it all comes together, it almost feels slower, you know, things around you to almost slow down. And you, then you look and you look at your lap time quick. You're like, Oh my gosh, that was the fastest lap I've ever had. Doesn't even feel like it because it's just so smooth. Um, and then another, you know, you have races and you have times when you're just not finding that sweet spot and you're just struggling and, uh, I'll find myself going, all right, let's step it out. Let's talk through it. You know, do this, do this, do this. And I, you know, go back to just the steps that, you know, and, and find that spot again. So Yep. I get how like, a couple weekends ago too, it was the same thing. It was just like towards the end of the session, I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to focus on hitting all the right marks. I'm going to focus on being smooth, you know, just smooth inputs. I'm not going to be jerky with the wheel. I'm not going to, you know, break too hard or whatever. And it was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to be smooth. And like, as the 20 minute session went on, I kept getting faster and faster and faster. And then I got to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm just sliding around out here. Fastest lap time. And then I went into Fast the pits. I was like, apparently, you know, I felt like I was slowing down because I was, what in my mind was being too smooth or too focused on the wrong things. But nope, I was constantly improving because I was focused on just doing the right things. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. The fastest of laps don't feel like the fastest of laps. Um, because you are just so smooth and you're finding that zone. I, that's which I think we're all trying to find. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Then yeah. I guess do do any like pre-race rituals or anything like that to kind of get yourself in the zone or is it more of a helmets on, let's go. No, you know, in in all honesty, um I feel like I'm a pretty confident person, but I get a lot of nerves um leading up to events. Um so I try to you know, obviously the basics of, you know, a lot of hydration and 
try to eat right and try to go to bed on time and, you know, do your homework so that you don't have anxiety, <laughs> but, um, I still have it. And I would never say that I don't, I get nervous, especially, you know, these bigger events. And now there's a lot more, you know, some bigger names I'm racing with a lot more eyes on us. We've got, you know, in car camera, there's just this, you know, growing energy here that, that can make it a little more stressful. So I definitely put my homework in even now. So leading up to this race, you know, I'm really keeping it low key to staying home and well, everybody's staying home right now, but, um, you know, I have a, yeah, I have a actually a dry erase board with all the things that I'm working on leading up to the race. So organized, I like just that. trying to put my best foot forward in all the things that you can. So yeah. was like you hinted at it. So I guess, can you tell us what do you got going on the ne- is it next weekend or the weekend after? So it's, uh, the WRL is racing at road Atlanta. It's 17, 18th and 19th. And, um, I will be joining the round three racing team. Um, with my fellow Shift Up Now racers who have already, we've partnered with them throughout the season, um, Shift Up Now and Round 3 Racing. So they're bringing out a third car for this event. They've been racing two, so now we're bringing out a third car. Um, we are the Road Warriors, and I'll be racing with uh, my now dear friend and uh, amazing IndyCar racer, Pippa Mann, um, and also uh, Miss Lonnie Anser, who is just uh, an adorable young racer, um, also from the uh, well-known Unser racer family. Um, she's 21, 22, so young gal, um, but she can drive. So we've got an all-female lineup in our car, which is is really cool. And um, then we have um, Shay Holbrook will be in a car, uh, as well as Sarah Montgomery. So bringing in uh, quite the group of ladies for for this event. Yeah, that's that's uh, an abundance of talent. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Ta- well, and there, most of them are pros. And then there's me, you know, I kind of feel like the, like one of these kids is doing their own thing, you know, <laughs> like um, I pinch myself a lot, you know, even just saying, Oh, I'm going racing with Pippa man. Like what, who ever thought I would be saying that. And, you know, and even Shay and Sarah and all of the, the ladies we're racing with are just amazingly talented. Um, and thankfully they're also amazingly talented coaches so i you know that really helps me as well so you know we're all there to encourage and help each other and they want me to do well and um i love good instruction and and do well with good instruction so um that makes me feel a lot calmer about joining this amazing lineup like it almost seems like you're following the the you know the traditional sports 10-year rule where it's like it takes 10 years to really hone your craft it's been about 10 years for you and now you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're racing with Pippa man and the same team, like in, like in, in comp, like legit competition races. I mean, it's, it's, a- yeah, it's just crazy. I just laugh to myself. <laughs> like whoever would have thought, yeah, it's hilarious. I, you know, it's easy to play it cool, but I'm not cool at all. This is, I mean, it, this is a dream come true and uh, something I, you know, even, you know, even joining some of these women for that Thunder Hill race, you, you know, I thought it was just, I never in a million years would have dreamed that would have happened. And now to see, you know, what we've done in the last few years and to see what's going to come in the future, I think is going to be really exciting. So, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And then our, what car are you driving? We're, we're driving a Boxster. So, and I've never driven a Boxster before either. So not, <laughs> so again, new car, new track, new team, new everything. And, uh, I couldn't be happier. Um, both Sarah and Lonnie have driven it uh, and raced with it multiple times 
and have been on the podium. They're doing great and they have, they have raving reviews. So um, I'm pretty excited to check it out. Thankfully, I will say we do get a little a little practice time on sun, uh, Sunday, on Friday. Well, they do a little qualifying and practice. Uh, we won't be on track long, but that's that's good. You know, even just a few laps for me uh, will help. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, especially Road Atlanta, that's, I, I haven't driven it personally. I've done, you know, sim stuff and like watched videos and stuff, but it's, it seems like a pretty daunting track if you haven't been there. So like, I think yeah. once you get well, the rhythm, it's fine. It, people always talk about the elevation change and, yeah. you know, the big drop-offs, which, um, you know, thankfully I have a lot of training at Road America with elevation change, um, and showing up and doing Thunder Hill. I mean, you couldn't talk about <laughs> more drop-offs and elevation change. So, uh, also raced at Watkins Glen, love Watkins Glen, and did well there. So I figure I got this. I'll make it. I'll make it work. Oh yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, then if you have that, <laughs> and that's the attitude going into it too. Is just like I got this. I got this. Well, and and truly, I you know, without having these wonderful uh, people around me that are amazingly supportive, and you know, like I said, uh, they're fantastic coaches. So. Um, it's not like I'm going, you know, solo. I've got just an amazing group with us between the shift up now and all of the round three racing crew and drivers there and, um, Buzz McCall and Brad, and they put together some amazing teams. So, uh, and we've got some, some amazing corporate sponsorship coming on board. Um, you know, Shell Gas, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, we've been doing some really cool things with them. Cooper Tires. Um, so there's some exciting things happening. I think I feel like we're kind of at this new pivotal point with shift of now, some planting a lot of seeds for years and building things and, and things are starting to kind of sprout and grow and, um, getting pretty excited about the future. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and yeah, it definitely seems like it's, it's getting, again, I'm more aware of it now, but it might be because I'm, I'm following you and shift up now, but it just seems like it's getting out there to like everybody, like it's, it's, it, you know, people are more aware of it, which is, which is awesome. Right. And it's fun too, to go to these events and, you know, you know, both in, in a lot of the racing leagues, um, champ car, WRL, and even, um, lucky dog, uh, out West, you know, they have a lot of pro drivers showing up because it's fun and they have a great time and how cool when you're there racing and Hey, I'm racing against, you know, Randy or I'm racing against Johan Schwartz or Pippa man, or, you know, it's pretty cool for, for everybody, I think, you know, and, you know, all those pro racers are so friendly and fun and helpful and want to meet their fans too. And, and so I, it's a pretty cool experience, I think yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Then everyone feels like it's, it's that much bigger when there's, when there's a name associated with it. Like even just yeah. for me doing, you know, I was doing HPD and, and time attack at, at grid life and I'm behind Tom O'Gorman and I'm like, I'm on track with Tom O'Gorman. I'm following him. I'm keeping up. And then two, Look at me. yeah. Then two turns later, he's just gone. He's gone. <laughs> in, in a car that should be slower, but you know, that's a whole other story. But yeah, right. he's just he's just so fast. But yeah, it just it just kind of validated. Like, all right, I'm I'm doing something here. <laughs> yeah, I remember I met um, uh, who's now a friend of mine, Johan Schwartz. Um, if you don't know him, amazing BMW racer. Also did the um, the drift. Uh, um, He's got the world record in drift. What did he do? Eight hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he raced, was racing out west at Lucky Dog in an endurance race there. And that's when I first met him um, and started chatting with him. And in some conversations with him, he's, you know, he does a lot of uh, these endurance events. And for him as a pro driver, and said, they're some of the, the, you know, some of his most fun days on the track because 
you know, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, there's a lot of pressure when you're pro racing in those series and in sponsorships and in making sure you're doing all the right things. And for them doing these series, they're just out having fun and getting back to what they really love about racing, just being on track and fun competition and great people and, um, and really enjoying what they do. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's gotta be refreshing to go to a race and then not have that constant stress of everything else in the background. Like, right. I, I I wouldn't be able to relate to any of that because I don't know any of it. But it just it just seems <laughs> right. like it seems like that would be the case where it's like I can, I can just enjoy what I like doing and not yeah. have to worry about all the other other bullshit that goes with it. Yeah, and that's where the level I'm at, where you know, at the age that I am, and um, you know, I, I really enjoy racing and and these club racing. Um, I of course always want to do better and um bigger things, but. Um, I also want to be in this moment and really enjoy what I'm doing right now, which is these events and they are awesome. So that's awesome. All right. So you kind of hinted at it, but, um, you've done it. You were doing HPDE and then you were doing, um, instruction and then you were doing some endurance racing. And then now how do you get from there to the 25 hours of Thunderhill? Cause that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big race. That's a daunting race. That's that's a huge disparity in lap times. Cause I mean, you got, you know, let's just say like the, the winner would be like in a Porsche RSR or a radical SR three and they'll do 750 laps roughly. And then you'll have the winner of like, let's just say the E three class would be like Miata's and they're, they're only doing like 630 some laps, which is a, that's a lot of overtaking. So, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> so how do you get to that race? So, all right, we'll back it up quite a bit. So, um, got, um, my comp license was doing some instructing, uh, was racing with both champ car and WRL series, um, with my then boyfriend, Andy, his mother. Um, and then we had rental drivers with us. We actually built up the, um, we had two cars running for quite a while. So I, I would do crew chief. So I do my three ring binders and have my notepads and get everything organized. That was kind of part of my, my job. We did rent out cars. So worked on, uh, so I do know a lot of behind the scenes part of kind of pulling the team together. Um, and we ended up, um, selling off one of the cars that I really um, learned to race in and love a lot. And you might've seen it in some of my old social media posts, but it was the green machine. And I ended up wrapping it purple uh, right after Prince passed away. So huge Prince fan. Uh, the car needed to be wrapped anyway. And being from Minnesota and I was trying to pull together an all female team, it seemed like, well, I'm just going to go, go for it. Um, Purple's the right color. What's that? It's a great color. Yeah, it's a perfect color. Um, absolutely. Um, so with the help of a friend of mine who does wrapping, um, we ended up uh, wrapping a car. So I learned a little bit about that process, which, God, that's painful. <laughs> um, but I will say it turned out it looks so much better. So it was this rusty green machine and uh, turned out this amazing purple uh, 321. And um, so we raced that car a lot. I love that car. And uh, ended up selling that car and really focusing then on WRL in the M3. Um, you know, WRL's got um, faster cars and uh, run groups and decided to really focus in and just race the M3. And it's a lot more expensive to race than just the, the E36. Um, did that for a while. I ran at Coda and um, 
Watkins Glen, Sebring, did a lot of racing, did some night racing at Sebring. There's a group down in Florida called PBOC, and they have a uh, six-hour endurance race at night and um, with huge um, lineup of really fast cars. So I think that race in itself was really helpful in my would be training for Thunder Hill. So showed up to those events and ran um, the night race at Sebring. And um, unfortunately, um, my relationship fell apart, uh, ended as something, you know, relationships do. And um, at that time, and this was um, the beginning of 2018, um, I wasn't sure if I'd race again. You know, that was my comfort zone. Those were the cars that I knew and the team that I had and the, the leagues that I ran in and uh, found myself in a situation where, you know, truly going out on my own. Um, you know, uh, I'd never raced solo. I'd never raced without the people that I, you know, was comfortable with, had never raced in a different car. Um, and it was a hard time. It was actually really uh sad for me. I wasn't sure where I was going to go, uh, especially being a female, you know, and just, uh, you know, looking to rent a seat with a team. Um, at that same time, that's when I transitioned from Duluth to Minneapolis. <clears throat> and that was just a career change, staying with the same company, but wanting to advance my career and just kind of uh, started a new chapter in my life and got to Minneapolis. And uh I wasn't sure where I was going to race. It was, um, I would watch my friends online racing and I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I decided I really needed to throw myself out there and wanted to race outside of the Midwest and try something new. Um, so I, I visit, I have dear friends that live in Portland, Oregon, and I go out there quite a bit to visit them. And I had heard of, um, lucky dog race league through others um, it's a race league run by a woman, Kathy, who actually was part of Champ Car when it first started. And she broke off and started her own race league that just runs in the Pacific Northwest and down through California, West Coast. Um, and I, was, I knew I was going out to Portland for um, Fourth of July weekend, and I decided to reach out about, you should just go out there and race. You know, find a car, get in a car, just do it, and, and just, you know, take the plunge, and that's what you need to do. So reached out to Lucky Dog, uh, connected with Kathy right away. We were already Facebook friends, as a lot of this community, um, you know, we're all connected through social media. So she immediately knew my name, and we started chatting. And I said, you know, I'm coming out there, and I just would really like to um, to come race with you. Um, and she's so welcoming and helpful, and helped me figure out, you know, a team and what I should do. So in our communication back and forth, um, she says, so do you have any connection to this purple 321 car that runs out here? <laughs> I'm like, 321 is my birthday. That's my old car. My birthday is March 21st. So when we sold the car, it went all the way out West and it was racing in Lucky Dog League huh. out in uh, the Portland area. So, I mean, immediately goosebumps, you know, like, what are the odds of this? They race with us. We got to put you in contact with them. So, Got connected with Don, who owns the car now, and his wife, Janet. Um, amazing uh, team, and they've just done wonderful things with that car. And so I ended up flying out to Portland to visit my friends. Um, actually signed up to race in a Mustang, which I did, because that seat was available as well. 
Um, but I mean, throw yourself out there. I was solo. I didn't know anybody other than Kathy through, um, you know, a few emails, didn't know the track, didn't know anybody racing there, didn't know the cars, didn't know anything. Um, my friend at the time borrowed me his camper. And so it was just me and myself in a camper and my bag of gear and, you know, making my new start in racing alone. Um, but had the connection of my old car, which has 321 still on it, which is my birthday. Um, my father passed away from cancer uh, many years ago. So I had some stickering on the car um, in honor of him, which they had kept on there, which is so cool. Um, so showing up there and seeing my car was amazing. And then I ended up you know, jumping in and racing in my, my old car. Um, since then I've gone back uh, multiple times to race again, should have been there this July, but of course that has changed due to the, the COVID thing. Um, but just the odd connection of that. And then, you know, that, that weekend and being with everybody there and being back in my car, um, uh, really just solidified my love for racing and that I wanted to do it and I could do it on my own. And, and I just had to figure it out. Um, I came back from that event and saw a post online shortly thereafter from Lynn, who I did had never met, um, wanting to talk about putting together an all-female team. And at that point, I had no idea what it was about. So um, I was feeling confident after leaving Portland and responded to her post and said, I'm you know interested. And she said, let's set up a call. I ended up calling her and she said, I'm putting together a team for the Thunder Hill. Are you interested? Um, and I said, yes. <laughs> uh, I had the credentials because I had that comp license and it was a NASA comp license, which you needed. Yep. I had done night racing at Sebring with PBOC. I knew a lot about endurance racing. Um, I just said, yes, I'm going to do it. We're, I'm going to figure it out. I got to do it. Uh, and hung up the phone and probably said, what the fuck did you do? What are you, <laughs> this is just crazy. You know, she's throwing these big names around and people and things. And, you know, I remember saying, like, who do you think you are? You're going to go do this. Um, and there, you know, there was a lot of money to think about and training and, uh, you know, and it is, um, televised and, you know, it's a whole nother level of pressure that I am not used to at all. Um, but again, it would come full circle to, you got to push through that fear, you know, and on paper, I had what it took. I, I had the seat time. I had the credentials. I, I had what it, you know, what it takes to go. Um, and I went and we, you know, we had a, um, a last minute change of car and ended up racing Lynn's E30. Uh, I'd never even driven an E30 before, so but it was a BMW, so my comfort level was there. But we were in the Thunder Hill race in an E30, and um, what a wild experience. And uh, I did a lot of the, the driving at night because I had the experience to do it. So I think I drove almost six hours at night. I didn't oh, even wow. drive in the light of day ever. <laughs> I was only driving at night. So... Um, but again, in that race, it's all about, you know, a clean race and bringing that car back in good shape, um, which I did. And the car lasted and uh, we ended up on the podium. So it is just a, a pretty wild story, really. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And yeah, it just it just kind of, we kind of goes back to that, like when you get put in an uncomfortable situation or you get put in a challenging situation, you're the, you're the type that perseveres and, and doesn't look for excuses, doesn't look for you know a way out. It's like 
you know, you, you move from Duluth to Minneapolis, you know, you got a bit of a life change. Um, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And then instead of just like worrying about it, you're just like, <laughs> I'm going to go race. I'm going to go find that. You know, it's just like, it's that the defining moment of like you finding exactly what you wanted to be doing. And then now look at you, you're getting, you know, the invite to the 25 hour Thunderhill. And then same thing too is like, you know, you're, racing at night's not the most comfortable situation so it's like well you'll do six hours of it that's yeah i'll do that's, it now that's bring crazy. Back in clean. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and truly it's i think um because there were when this whole thunder hill thing came up um you know it's expensive you know even with getting some partnership and some money it's it's very expensive just getting there and being there and and what it takes um and I had quite a few friends that said, you know, you could take that amount of money and you could do, you know, this many races and that, and then how much better would you be? Or, you know, there were, you know, and, you know, there were a lot of things to think about. Um, and I didn't care. I just was like, I, you know, some of these chances in life just don't come around that often. You know, when is anyone going to ask me to do this again? Like I have to try everything I can to make it happen. Um, and, and we did. And, and, and we did well. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's, you'll, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to find an excuse not to, but like when you, when you get presented an opportunity like that, you just, you got to say, yes, you got to do it. You got to, you got to find a way to yeah. make it happen. There's just so few chances with, with that. And even with road Atlanta next week, you know, this bubbled up very quickly and fast and last week and, and, you know, uh, the state of the world right now is, is really concerning for a lot of people and travel's an issue. And, um, you know, but presented the opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. Got to make it. Got, how do I, how do I make this happen? Um, I'll do what it takes to, to get there, uh, which is interesting. So going back a little bit, you know, I, I was at a spot in my life where I didn't have my racing team. I'm my, you know, I felt very solo and alone. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And there are a lot of people that just are solo racers and go out and rent, but I just didn't even have a, you know, a plan of what I was going to do. And then coming out of Thunder Hill, um, ended up in the most amazing race family ever. Um, and with some of the, the greatest racers I know, um, both male and female, it's not all about women. Um, but I, you know, I'm in a really, uh, wonderful group of people right now in my racing life. So feeling extremely blessed for that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's like, a while back we, we were trying to figure out what we we're going to do with the podcast and how we were going to, you know, fill time because with coronavirus and stuff going on, it's just like, you know, we're not really doing anything. I don't want to put on a, a crappy show. I want to have something that's interesting. I don't want to have just me talking about what I've been doing. Cause that's going to get old real fast. Even for me, like, right. I don't, I don't want to hear what I'm doing. Like, it's just, right. that's a, that's a <laughs> terrible podcast. I want to, nobody's want, listening. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But so like I reached out to you and a handful of other people all at once. And then it was like, I was expecting like, okay, well either they won't see it or, you know, it'll just kind of sit for a while. And then hopefully by the time we can get scheduled stuff to work, then I'll be, I'll be able to get everyone in and everyone responded all at once. Like, sure, we can do it. Great. <laughs> how, Great. How am I we have this enthusiasm in a few weeks. <laughs> how am I going to schedule this? So it just, right. yeah. So like, but then it kind of worked out because we went back and forth, like to say, have you on the show? And then it was just like, you looked like you got super busy. Our schedules got busy. And then it was just like, I was like, oh, I'll get back to her later. I'll get back to her later. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you got back to me. Perfect. This is the perfect week to do it. And then immediately you, you start posting like, oh, by the way, oh, by the this way. race is coming up that you didn't know about two days ago. So right. I mean, how did that even come up? You know, we just were actually... Uh, 
having a shift up now meeting, which we do, um, you know, we're all working together to, to on this shift up now movement. And um, we dialed in and Lynn said, Hey, I've got some news. Uh, we're going to pull another car for the Atlanta race. And Mandy, you're, you're driving with Pippa. And at that point it was going to be Pippa and Shay and I, uh, but now it's Pippa, Lonnie and I, and uh, so can you make it, you know? Um, yeah, I'll make it. Yeah, I'll make sure I make it. Whatever. You know, I'll put the mask on. I'll do the whole thing. Uh, I'll do it. We're going. So um, from there, it's been full speed focusing on Road Atlanta. That's so. that's that's incredible. And yeah, I, I, I love the, you know, the opportunity pops up and it's just like, yeah, of course I'm doing that. Well, the schedule well, change. We'll yeah. make it work. Yeah, I say yes and then hang up and go, what Wait. are you doing? You know, then I have that moment to myself, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> but uh, who I think I am, I'm going to make it work. I got to go. And um, life's short. And these are, again, chances that you don't get all that often. So either run with them or you don't. And I've had to turn up a lot of races, too. You know, my my teammates were just racing at Daytona. I uh, would have loved to have been there with them. That didn't work. Uh, there are definitely times that, that you know, work comes first or family comes first, you know, I'm not a pro racer. So, um, you know, without my job, I don't do anything, you right. know, and, you know, with family things do come before racing as well. So, uh, I can't say yes to everything that pops up and I can't afford everything either. So, nope. uh, but these certain moments, you make them happen yep. and they do come together and it, it just, it just works that way. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it'll, it'll all work out. And yeah, just like, looks like this just kind of came up. It's just like, yep, we're doing it. And, yeah, I wish you the best of luck. Cause it's, 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 it's an exciting thing to just be like, yeah, we're going to Atlanta in a week. Yeah. Well, and for me, it's like, I'm going to have a girls weekend. Cause I just, I adore all of these women and at a racetrack and racing together, you know, we call it girls race camp, you know, and it is hilarious and fun. And, uh, so it's, and you know, I've been here, here since March, this is my home and my office now. So um, I've never been home as much in my entire life. I'm used to being on the road for both racing and work and um, traveling. And I have been, you know, here alone with my cat for many, 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 many months. So um, I'm, of course, excited to go racing, but I'm excited to spend time with my friends face to face as well. So some much needed uh, girl time. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> No, I, I I saw my family for the first time since Christmas over Fourth of July weekend. So I mean, it's 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 a really weird time. Like I'm, yeah, I don't travel near as much as as you do, but yeah, it was just like even I'm just like any 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 excuse to go somewhere besides my house. So yeah, was, well, and things that were, have been tense here, um, specifically in Minneapolis, as we all know, yep. with the the things that are going on here with with the um, George Floyd and. Protest. So, um, you know, th that was definitely front of mind for many weeks with everybody living here and, and a real um, tense situation. And you could feel it in the air here um, between our curfews and lockdowns and National Guard. And um, so, yeah, it has been a stressful year. So I'd like to go have some fun and go race. And uh, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, perfect timing. Just it's just an ex just a great time to just go. Yeah. And good. It's even good for your mental health. Get out, <laughs> get out and get out and race and see your friends. Yep. So Yeah. Fo and focus on something that's not going to stress you out in, in such a negative way. Like, like yeah, right. if you put the news on, it's like, Oh, everything's awful all the time. Yeah. I don't watch the news. Nope. Can't do it. Nope. They go to the racetrack. You don't even think about looking at the news. You don't think about what's going on outside the track. It's, it's like, I'm here. I'm focused on this. This is what I enjoy. 
you know, that's what, that's what we all need right now. <laughs> right. And honestly, I think that's one of the things that I love most about being on track. And the thing that I also tell a lot of my students is you have to be in this moment. You have to be focused right here. You can't be thinking about your job or your kids or what you're doing tomorrow or anything. You need to be in this moment. Uh, the, when you're thinking about other things, that's when you're, you're not being safe. And I love that I get to shut off everything else in my life, in my world, and focus on one thing and all of it in that time. Um, and I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a super healthy outlet. So, yeah, you can just kind of, you know, all, all that stress and all that anxiety, just focus on one thing. You know, you, you, know, you work through it. It's, you know, it's, it's mentally straining. It's, it's, it's a good mental workout as well as, you know, physical workout for a whole race. And by the time you're done, you're, you know, you're totally spent, but it's the best you felt all week. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Even better if you're on the podium. Of course, which, (laughs) which you find yourself regularly, it seems. I've been on the podium a few times. Yeah, we've done, we've done well. Um, but I've had a lot of heartache at the track too. Uh, I will tell you, there's been some, you know, some mechanicals, you know, tow all the way to Coda and blew a motor coming up the hill I was driving and um that sound haunts me to this day you know there's definitely some heartache out there um but you dry your tears literally and you (laughs) do it again (laughs) yep people say there's no crying in racing I'm like well yeah yeah, actually there are when you're that frustrated and pissed and things break yeah I cry I don't care if I'm a girl or I'm crying (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the, the tool through the wall type situation for me it's yeah. same thing last year i went to heartland park and you know first few sessions went really well last session of the day spun a bearing i was like oh, yes. just leave me alone for a while and just I had to go like sit by myself and just kind of comprehend everything that just happened like all right what's this gonna cost how much right. work is this going to be? How do I fix this? It was just kind of was funny because like we're at the track and I was like, "Well, you know what we could do? We could just drop the pan. We could replace the bearings, and you could run tomorrow." Like, it's a swap. It's not going to work. <laughs> you think of all the options. It's like yeah, it's, any, it's, all it's, options. But again, it's, it's that uh, it's that no man left behind, no woman left behind attitude where it's just like you know, and, and that's what I really love about our time trials group is like it's a lot of friends that are racing together, and um, all something goes wrong, everyone's like, "Well, how can I help?" So like that happens, it's and they're like, well, how can we get you back on track tomorrow? Like, guys, it's a spun bearing. I'm not getting back on track tomorrow. But it's just yeah. like that's it's that that mentality of helping the helping everybody get back on track and beating them on the track, not but not with some technicality or you know mechanical failure. It's like I, if I'm going to beat you, I want to beat you because I was driving better than you. Right, and I think that's a lot in the racing community. Um, it's about the people. You know, we have fun racing, but when you need you know support and help, they're always there for you for the most part. Of course. Um, the racing community is amazing. Again, you get into some of the chat rooms and some of the social media stuff. It's a little bit different, but a little more trash talk there. But when it really comes down to it and face to face, it's an amazing community. Yeah. No, I think the people that are the most vocal on the um, chat rooms or the you know, group chats or um, you know, like Facebook pages and junk like that. Those aren't the people that are at the track helping other people. It's, it's like it's the it's the quiet ones that don't comment that are actually like super helpful and be like, Hey, how can I help? So it's, yeah, right. it's, it's, I mean, it's the same thing. Like I, I skated, you know, when I was in you know, like high school and, t- you know, college and stuff like that, it was like the internet groups are what kind of killed me for, from that sport. It's like, I, I'm just, I'm not into it anymore because all the negativity online at the skate park, yeah. loved it, loved at the skate park, loved at the racetrack, but like the, all the, the internet stuff kind of gets, it gets under my skin a lot more than anything else. 
Yeah, I, you know, I obviously I have a social media presence and it's part of racing. Um, you know, that's part of your partnerships and, and building those brands up. Um, but I've tried to stay away from a lot of more of the private chat groups and forums and some of those things. Sometimes I get pulled in and it's interesting. And then I find myself like, yeah, who cares? You know, just, just get out of it. Yeah. So. There, yeah. A good example is one that on one of the groups I'm in, people were just hounding this guy because he had the wrong door cards. Cause he ran a different series like previously and he didn't, he wasn't able to get the right door cards. And he, you know, there was like, Oh, he, sh- he shouldn't count because he has the wrong door cards. And like, how can you advertise with that? It's just like, we're really sitting here having a hundred com- hundred comment conversation about door cards. Right. Where are your priorities right now? Like, right. Isn't this supposed to be fun? <laughs> of all of, of all the things to worry about, the fact that his stickers are a little bit different. It's right. Just, uh, uh, yeah. Just, I, yeah. I didn't comment, just read them, and then just put my phone away. I was like, you know what? That's enough internet for today. I've, That's I've, enough <laughs> interneting. Yeah. I'm happier without it on that side. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the face-to-face community is it's wonderful. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Like even last week too, or two weeks ago, I was at the track and like, I, I was like, I realized I needed to do an oil change right then and there. I'm not have a drip pan. And the only drip pan I had access to was at Walmart that someone had just used as a spittoon. And I was like, well, I'm not buying that one. I <laughs> seriously, I seriously watched this guy looking at like he's, he's leaning up against the rack, looking at spark plugs, just spitting in the oil, oil pan. The only one left. And I watched him do it and went, okay, well, I don't want that one. <laughs> I just don't want that one. I can't do it. So then luckily I went back to the track and, you know, after asking a handful of different club racers, someone actually had a pan. I was like, oh, perfect. Thank you. And then bring it back nice and clean and everyone's happy. Right. But yeah, so. there were a few races when our car broke and, you know, had a catastrophe that we could not fix at the track. And, you know, especially it happened at both Coda because we drove all the way from Minnesota to Texas and then your car breaks. So uh, we had some other Minnesota um, teams there, local teams that needed parts. And we just, you know, start taking them off the car. You know, you're you're here. The car's just sitting there, you know, keep a tally and we'll figure it out later. But you were just running over it. Now, you know, your car just becomes the part car for everybody else that has a BMW. But You know, and they're so appreciative and thankful and they do it for you too. So, yeah. And yeah, so it'll come back eventually. Like if you're, you know, you do something for somebody else, eventually they'll be able to come back and do something for you. And it, you know, that, 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 uh, do something for everybody else mentality is, is, is going to bring everyone together long-term, which is what we need. Yes. Pay it forward. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the phrase I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> um, you mentioned that it's you and your cat and Booney said, I needed to ask about your cat because, and he quotes, Cats are the superior pet, which apparently is going to be a theme on the show from now on about arguing what's better, cats or dogs. So apparently you're team cat, I assume. I am team cat currently. Um, I have had dogs, of course, and also love dogs. Um, But I, I, I come from a pretty strong cat family. My sister has a lot of cats. My mother, you know, we all have cats. Um, I will say, especially if you are uh, somebody that travels and you race a lot, uh, having a cat is ideal. Um, it's much easier. Kitty can stay a couple of days by herself and it's fine. Um, but I mean, she's one spoiled lady. I, she's just ridiculous. Is, is, um, this, is this the white and orange cat or the gray cat? 
So this is the. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm going yeah, off of so Instagram. So this is um, <laughs> this is well, she has many names, but we'll call her today Big City Kitty. Okay. Um, yes, this is uh, the orange and white cat. So I have a beautiful gray kitty. Um, his name is Swamp Ass Poos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mother calls him Church. She will not call him Swamp Ass. Um, <laughs> church after the Pet Cemetery movie because the gray cat yep, church. Yep. Um, and Church uh, Swamp Ass is currently living with my mother at uh, her house. Um, she's got a lot of land and property, and he needs some space to run and, and uh, be outside. So where does that um, name that's come where from? Swamps is at. What's that? Where does that name come from? <laughs> where do cat names come from i mean right yeah i don't know i i actually i rescued him from the shelter and i brought him home and he used a litter box and it smelled like a swamp ass and i think i said you're swamp ass and that's just kind of stuck so he has many names but that's that's uh, his name that's hilarious <laughs> and big city kitty is also uh foxy poos or uh pumpkin spice latte so she's got a lot of names nice <laughs> so yes uh cats are very important and especially i will say now that uh you know from march till now being in you know lockdown or just working from home uh pretty uh, appreciative to have to have a cat around yeah i i went most of my life without having pets like we never had a, we like we had a cat as i got older and then once i got my own house it was or townhouse then a house um started getting dogs and i i don't know how people live without animals i don't <laughs> i mean i worship all animals i am ridiculous any animal anywhere and i am ah gravitate towards animals um even in Duluth, I, when I lived there, I'd walk. There's a beautiful lake walk all along the shores of Lake Superior. Um, and so I would walk that on my lunch break for years. And I could tell you the name of every dog that I would cross. But I could never remember the you know the owner's name. So no, I, I would always... I'm just, <laughs> nope, same way. Right. I, I, remember the, I remember your dog and I'll remember your car, but I, I won't remember your name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't really care your name, Karen, but I know that your dog's <laughs> name is Max. So, and you're just Max's mom, whatever yep. it may be. But yeah, uh, I love all animals. In fact, um, I, you know, if I could, I'd have a lot of them. So it's probably good. I, I can't. <laughs> yep. No, my, my wife was like, you know, I could, this is before she went back to school to be a nurse, but like, she was thinking like, you know, if I could, I could go volunteer at like an animal shelter, like, no, you can't. We'd have a new pet every week. You're not allowed to do that because yeah. we're softies. I can't say no. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah, I would have a lot of pets. Um, and I, I do. I mean, I am a, a strong cat person, but I do love dogs and we'll have dogs again someday when I don't travel as much and I can have a, a, a large yard and a place for them to run around. Yes. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, if, if if I was gone all the time, there's no way I couldn't have a dog. It's it's just that's I mean, so much work and yeah, a cat you can just walk away from and it's fine for a couple of days. It is, even though I now I leave for a couple of days and I miss her like crazy. It's just stupid. <laughs> no, we get attached. It's I know it's crazy. Um, cars and cats. Cars. That's your next uh, your next podcast. There, there you go. That one of these days it'll be like completely no cars. It's just pets. We're gonna sit and argue over cats, cats versus dogs, and that'll be the whole show. And that'll be the show. Yeah. I, yeah. Actually, the interviews where we have people that aren't normally on the show are the shows that we actually talk about cars. It's the other episodes where it's just me and Adam or like our friends. Then it's just off the rails, like talk about cars for like ten minutes, and it's just like random crap. 
Perfect. But people you keep start with cars, and you don't know where you'll go. Yeah, people keep coming <laughs> back, so it works out. Yeah, um, that's awesome. We can wrap this up. Um, Booney, also, I needed to remind you that he owes you lunch at Road America, so don't let him forget it. I will not. He does, <laughs> indeed. Um, but where can people follow you? Like, uh, I assume social media and stuff like that. Like, uh, how do we get a hold of you? Yeah, social media is the best. I mean, if uh, most of my racing things uh, you can find on my Instagram um, or Facebook page. But a lot of my updates will be rolling through ShiftUp now, especially. So um, I would say check out ShiftUpNow.com uh, website. Um, and if you're not currently following us on either Instagram or Facebook, please check us out and give us a like and a follow. And uh, we've got a lot of exciting things happening there. And you can find out not only about my racing, but uh, all of our other um, ShiftUp Now athletes. Very good. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I have. This is, show went way longer than I thought it was going to, so I really appreciate that. This is a very easy show for me. I, I just Yes, myself as well. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for having me on. Um, it's been great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, we'll catch everybody hopefully next week. And I want to thank uh, Mandy again for coming on, and good luck next uh, by the time this comes out next week in Atlanta and then wherever the rest of the season takes you, hopefully more racing. Hopefully more racing is right. Hopefully more racing for all of us. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yep. I'll catch you guys next week.